Welcome to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We are a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective, and we are broadcasting live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. Let me go ahead and introduce our crew to you guys. If you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, we have Captain Brett Bartlett. Yes, from Land O'Lakes, Florida. Uh, we also have Jason Piccolo, uh, retired Fed, uh, the Protectors Podcast. So thanks, uh, Jason. And, you know, we have two doctors on the show, Dr. Jason Piccolo. He usually makes me call him Dr. Jason when we're like in a private setting. So and now Dr. Darren Porcher. So Darren's a new addition to the show, a retired NYPD. Um, he is also uh, a, a law enforcement expert on many subjects. He's also all over uh, several news outlets. So um, and I'm sure I'm leaving a lot of stuff out uh, Darren, but thanks for being on the show. Appreciate it. Um, guys, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors as well. Uh, Motion DSP, GallsGunler.com, MyMedicare.Live, and we're fueled by Bang Energy. As a matter of fact, speaking of Bang, I think uh, Brett's on the Bang, but I've got the Rainbow Unicorn. So um, yeah, I'm not coming out of the closet on anything today, but I am drinking the Rainbow Unicorn and it's got a great flavor. So I, I today. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's producer Jimmy. He just can't stand it, you know. So uh, so thanks uh, for the sponsorship, Bang. Hey, a shout-out to Brian Burns for the free press for our content. Thank you. And, hey, Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media. You know, we're streaming the eight locations right now, and YouTube is not one of them. More information about that in a minute. Uh, but out of the eight locations, three of those belong to Red Voice Media, and those three Facebook pages belong to Red Voice Media, where we have about one million followers alone for the day's show. So thanks, Red Voice Media. Guys, a, uh, another great lineup. Again, the update on YouTube. We have our second strike on YouTube. Um, this one is because of its uh, medical mis misinformation. And apparently, if you say anything about COVID or the vaccine that is not following sync with the CDC or with the World Health Organization, the WHO, uh, they say it's a violation against their rules and policies and it's uh, eligible for a strike. So that's our second strike. And we're suspended for two weeks. Um, and look, our time on YouTube is is coming to to an end. Uh, before the week before that, we got a strike for uh, child safety um, a violation off a video that was what about four years old. And so they're just really looking for an excuse to, in my opinion, to get rid of us because we're uh, conservative and we're law enforcement. So this is nothing new. It's happened to uh, several channels, including you know Dan Bongino. So uh, we'll uh, you know we're on Rumble in, instead. So if you're going to watch our content. Um, there are great alternatives like Rumble. So, but we're also streaming to a number, a ton of Facebook pages right now. We're on LinkedIn, we're on Twitter. So you have a lot of options. So guys, that said, let's go ahead and move to our first topic. We've got about um, just under nine minutes before we take our first commercial break. And, you know, as a main topic, we have a tendency to go a little bit deeper on these. And, and there's a reason why I'm covering this. This is on lawofficer.com. It's titled Vaccine Injured Plaintiffs Sue Biden in the First COVID Vax Lawsuit of Its Kind. So I guess it's a good thing that we're not streaming to YouTube right now because I doubt this article would make it. Um, and the reason why we're covering this is that we have so many law enforcement and military. I mean, I see your shirt, um, uh, uh, Darren, uh, Army, you know, and a lot of special forces. That's right. A lot of special forces uh, and military were um, were being forced to take the vaccine against their will. Now, I know a lot of the special forces guys, there was a lawsuit uh, because they didn't want to take it. They didn't want to get forced to take it. Um, and I, I really don't know where that ended up. If I remember, I, I, I vaguely remember, I believe hearing that they actually got vindicated and were told that they could not be forced to take the vaccine. Some of the special forces guys. Um, but in any case, in this, in this particular one, Deborah Hine is the one that wrote this particular article at lawofficer.com. 
And it says six people who were harmed by the COVID-19 injections. Um, so just a small number of people in this particular one, they're suing a slew of top Biden administration officials in this first lawsuit of its kind in the United States. It says the complaint was filed last Monday. The plaintiffs alleged that the U.S. government colluded with social media companies to censor them when they posted factual information about their adverse reactions to the COVID vaccine, according to the defender. Kind of like what we've been experiencing on YouTube. The group said the government's mass censorship enterprise made it difficult for them to form support groups and to find information about their injuries on social media. Defendants include Joe Biden and other top-ranking White House officials, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, U.S. Department of Homeland Security, uh, where uh, uh, Jason used to, uh, to work. And so it goes on and on, but it says the New Civil Liberties Alliance of the NCLA is a nonpartisan, nonprofit civil rights group. They filed the lawsuit on behalf of and list the names of the people, and they all suffered from vaccine-related injuries except for Ramirez, whose 16-year-old son died from a cardiac arrest five days after getting the Pfizer shot. And just for an example, one of these, Newell, uh, he was a former triathlete from St. Paul, Minnesota, where uh, Lieutenant Bob Kroll, a panelist, is from. And uh, he was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease after receiving the mRNA inje injection. And now he has to rely on a walker or a cane just to get around. So um, that's what we have for our main topic, guys. Uh, commentary. Anybody got any input on this one? It's uh, it's the first of its kind. Captain Brett. Well, and, and, and guys, I know that Darren's new, but um, your mics are muted. and I think I muted those. But if you just unmute your mics, then I know that you want to talk or, or whoever starts off the conversation like Captain Bartlett is. You guys can just jump in at will without waiting on me to call. I usually call in the first person and let, let you guys battle it out like the five on Fox after that. So but go ahead, Brett. Yeah, that's what we're going. We're going to battle it out. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, a couple of years ago, that COVID thing was rushing through, man. We were all scared. I was scared. You know, I got some health issues and I was afraid if I got COVID, it would kill me stone dead. Um, but I went and got the shots and, and you know, something's going to get me at some point, whether it's a speeding bus or ex-spouse, whatever. But, you know, the people that didn't want to get it, I have no problem with those people. I mean, you don't, if you want something stuck in your arm, fine. If not, that's fine too. But remember back, we used to say this, I'll, I'll do what's good for me. But don't hold it against me when I make my decision. Like, I won't hold it against you. And, and Brett, on that note, I, I've seen your wife, Mary Lou. It's not going to be a former spouse. It'll be your current spouse that takes you out, Mary Lou. I've seen her. She can scrap. And, uh, yeah, she can, yeah, you can't handle that, dude. Oh, that, that, there's no victory there. I'm weak from my former condition. <laughs> I'm weak, so there's no victory. <laughs> but but go, go ahead, guys. I, I, know, I know, Darren, you want to say something. You know, there was a very interesting dynamic as it relates to the requirements or the mandated requirements in terms of accepting or taking the vaccine. In the NYPD, for example, you had uh, thousands of officers that were terminated because they were unwilling to accept the vaccine. So as a result, they were caused to either retire or if they had the time or they were terminated. And it begged the question of, was this constitutionally sound? When you speak to what happened with um, from the federal government and ordering people in the military to adhere to the vaccine requirements, it was somewhat of a challenging narrative because I believe Lloyd Austin, the, um, the Secretary of Defense, mandated it for all members of the military. And I mean, I've since left the military. I was an officer in the army, but I just, there are two sides of it, it bifurcates. There's one side, whereas you look to what we do in the military, we deploy all over the place. And is it possible that you can uh, succumb to this virus? That's one side. And the other side is, hey, look, you know what? I have my constitutionally protected rights. Therefore, I don't think it is right for uh, government to impose something of this stature on us. And so I, I can easily see it splitting on both sides. I like Brett 
happened to get the virus because I was scared as hell to get um to, to acquire COVID. And then unbeknown later on, I, I, I got the regular shot, I got the booster, and then I got COVID later on down the line. So it begs the question of what the level of effectiveness was. Um, many people make the argument of it devalue the um the potency of the virus if you did have the um if you did receive the inoculation, but at the same token, I just I, I haven't really seen anything concrete to substantiate that this was something that really helped us out. And so as we move forward, a lot of those max a lot of those vaccine mandates have been dropped. And I'm a strong proponent in if you want to do it, you have the right to do it. If you don't want to do it, you have the right to refuse. And it shouldn't be imposed by government to force you to do it. It's a result. Thank you. And I agree with Brett and Darren. Absolutely. You know, someone coming from the Fed, it was it started getting to the point where they were mandating it. To, if you wanted to come into work, you have to have a shot. You got to do this. You got to do that. And it became, you know, essentially a crap show. So and I like to think, too, about the military is back in the 90s. The anthrax was the big one. So you had to get oh. the anthrax series. And then later on, like, you know, when I deployed for uh, post 9-11, it was different. You didn't have to mandatorily get the anthrax so when it comes to your own personal body i don't think there should be any type of government mandate saying you need to get this shot or you're going to lose your livelihood your retirement because that's the other thing they were targeting next is like hey you know what you're going to lose that retirement if you don't get the shot that's tough um you know i'm glad that i wasn't active when all this came down uh and i and brett's right we were doing shows and i was I mean, I was on, on, you know, the beginning of the show around, uh, what was it, like March or uh, April of 2020, I was saying, man, if guys don't want to wear a mask, throw them in jail. And, and, and then within three months, when more data started coming out, I did a complete bout, about face on the show. I, I admit it. Um, I was scared, like Brett said, and there was just not a lot of information out there. And I did not want to get this deadly virus. And, uh, uh, and, and, and then I just did the about face. I, I, and I never did get when I started getting more information, I never did get vaccinated and I ended up getting COVID um, twice. And for me, it was absolutely a big nothing. And I got it from kids that were coming back from camp at, at church um, both times. <laughs> the, the, the kids got it, got me. But, uh, but anyway, it was a big, it was just a big nothing for me. And, and of course, I'm glad I didn't do it. In fact, I even on, on Facebook, everybody was getting these, uh, these things on Facebook, you know, where they had their, their screenshot of their picture, you know, like vaccinated. So I photoshopped mine and mine still says not vaccinated on my Facebook, just to kind of the rub in the, just because there was so much push to get it, get it, get it, you know? And, and of course, originally they were saying, Hey, get it. So you won't get the, uh, get the virus. And then of course, as Darren just said, you know, it, it, we found out that it really does not prevent you from getting the virus, you know, but then even if you get the virus and you never got the vaccine, you have what we call natural immunity. And of course they've done studies saying how strong natural immunity is. So, uh, but, um, uh, but yeah, a lot of cops have lost their jobs and now have been, being reinstated across the country uh, by by court order, uh, who refused to take the vaccine, and and now they're getting their jobs back. So, um, any uh, any more commentary on this, guys? It's just kind of curious. I think we're going to see more of these lawsuits coming down the pike, but I'm kind of curious, you know, where where it's going to go with it, how well the first one's going to do, and I guess we'll just have to watch it and see. So, um, so we are only seconds out from our first commercial break, so let's go ahead and. Uh, and take that. So stick with us, guys. we got a lot more to come. Commercial break. We will be right back. You know, Motion DSP, they've been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 15 years with a robust suite of video and audio redaction and enhancement software 
The Motion DSP software, easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise, and you can save valuable time with Spotlight's one-click automating tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters achieving results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. A Spotlight is built specifically for redaction. It's designed to work with video from any camera source, and using Motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology, it automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information, saving users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame redaction. And forensic enhancement software, that allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using patented super-resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. And you can actually get forensically valid evidence from low-quality video in just minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products by simply going to motiondsp.com. If you haven't been there, go today, motiondsp.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. Um, so if we've exhausted, exhausted the uh, the last topic, we'll move on to the next one. I know that we've got some commentary on the screen about Jason Piccolo's name. They It's kind of cool. They like it. Uh, I remember remember uh, uh, the football story, you know, Gail Sayers and uh, Brian Piccolo. Remember that? Man, I tell you, that was one of my favorites. So I know that I'm sure there's no relation, you know, but, uh, yeah. but no, great, great, great story. Right, Jason? There is a relation. My brother's name, Brian. I've been getting so many different Jenny Piccolo. We got Jenny Piccolo from Darren before, and then we have uh, Brian Piccolo. Then we have this like uh, Dragon Ball Z's, like for the newer generation. It's pretty oh. fun I don't know. Hey, did they do? Am I mistaken, or did they did they redo the uh, Brian song? That story did they did they redo that? I think they did. Yeah, we'll never be the same without Jimmy Khan. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. I, I don't think I saw the remake, and that's probably why. How do you how do you improve on the original? You know, but man, what a great storyline. So, yeah. All right. Well, like, look, uh, I think you did great in that film, Jason. So I'm a big fan. So thanks. Uh, so guys, moving along, let's jump on to uh, Rumble, uh, Rumble.com. Now, look, we're on what I think is the best law enforcement video channel out there. This is Butter. And I think that This is Butter is actually um, watching the stream and conversing with us online right now. So uh, a Charlotte area transit system, they released surveillance video of a shootout with a bus driver and a passenger. Oh my gosh, this is insane. Now look, a lot of people are listening to our show uh, via you know radio and podcast. I mean, we're nationally syndicated you know across the country on radio and we've got a lot of you know 20 podcast platforms. So 
We'll describe in great detail what's going on so you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. So the uh, Charlotte Area Transit System, we're going to call them CATS, C-A-T-S. So the uh, video of the shooting released on Friday, it shows uh, four different viewpoints uh, from one camera source, but four different angles, uh, including a view of the driver, the front half of the passenger area, and the back half of the bus, and an outside view. So I guess it's it's uh, from the same area, but it's a, a passenger from the rear of the bus approaches the bus driver. While he's driving the bus, the bus is obviously moving and asking him to let him off the bus before stop. Two other passengers are also shown in the video, so they got a total of four people on the bus. The driver continues to drive on route while the passenger is arguing with him. Now, um, and, and you, you're just you're seeing the motion here. I don't believe there was audio on this part, but halfway through the video, this guy, this passenger is arguing with the bus driver. He pulls out a handgun, and the female passenger starts moving towards the rear doors. And this guy's got the handgun pointed down at his side, right? So the driver pulls out his own handgun, that I mean, look, this happens so fast, you don't even see it until it's too late, right? So the driver, he's driving the bus, got a passenger over his right shoulder that's standing next to him with a gun, you're arguing with him. So he pulls out his own gun after the passenger pulled out his. And as the man moves up toward the driver with the gun in his hand, the driver and the passenger exchange shots. Um, the driver kind of ducks down while he's driving. He goes off the road and, and kind of like starts hitting stuff. But he's like firing the gun to the side at this, at this dude next to him. It's just a wild video while the bus is moving. The two other passengers, they start taking cover at the rear of the bus. The passenger who ends up being shot, he starts crawling um, backwards, you know, trying to get towards the back exit as the bus driver stops the bus and he continues to point his gun at the passenger and he's firing um, at the passenger who gets behind a, 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 a thing of seats. And after the passenger with the gun steps off the bus from another door, the driver walks outside and fires one more shot as the video uh, ends. It's just a, a hellacious uh, um I, it just seemed like if one if I if they didn't say in the article that the bad guy shot at the bus driver, I never would have known. What do you think, Captain? I know. Uh, I, know this I like it. Uh, he was fired, you. though. Unfortunately, yeah, he was he was fired. Um, and I'm trying to have the article, and uh, of course, it is gone now. But it said that uh, he didn't follow pro what he should have done. The article said was open up the door and let the passenger exit. Isn't that just wonderful? Uh, but man, what a, what a cool shootout. It was his last day at work. He didn't know it was going to be his last day at work, but isn't that a cool last day at work? Wow. Now, when you say you should open up the door and, and let the passenger exit, does that, is that exit with help? I mean, should he have like helped them out that door while he's driving the bus? And oh, absolutely. Up the door yeah. Like, yeah. Like because push the, yeah, you should always, you should always help passengers if they need help. Okay. All right. I was just checking. So. Yeah. But he was, he's probably doing other things now. He's, he's probably going to make a made-for-TV movie about that and call it Speed 4. Uh, well, Dr. Darren, I mean, he's from New York. This stuff's got to happen all over the place in New York, you would think, right? Well, we have a very different dynamic as it relates to gun control in the city of New York. We have the MTA, Metropolitan Transit Authority, where we have bus drivers that are employed to operate the vehicles. And it would not have happened here legally. However, we got to take <laughs> consideration the carolinas are open carry state so it affords the bus operator to uh to carry a weapon but you know there's uh I, I think the challenge that you have with a bus driver opening fire on a passenger while there are other passengers on the um on that actual bus is civil liability by all means we still want to operate and function in a safe manner but you know I am a, I carry my gun every day. I mean, if I'm, with the exception of going to the gym. So that's who I am. And it's just part of my DNA in the wake of being a police officer for 20 years in the NYPD. But at the same token, 
I've been in situations where is there has been a confrontation afoot, but I was able to sidestep it because I didn't want to put myself in a situation where I discharged my weapon and shot a third party or an innocent bystander. Because the classic, we, um, all of us on this panel, we understand the, uh, the tenets of time, distance, and cover when we're drawing our firearm and we're engaging in sailing. And I just don't think you have it in the scenario where you're the bus driver and you have a person that has a gun down to the side because you're not afforded cover in a situation like that. So I just, I kind of, I lend deference to what Brett mentioned earlier. I would have probably just stopped the bus and let the guy get off. And um, I would have taken it from there as opposed to granted, this was his last day. Yeah. And I don't know. He, I don't know if he thought he was Yosemite Sam from Bugs Bunny, but at the yeah. same time, this is what happened, man. Yeah. And Darren, I, I know your mic seems to be, Fading in and out volume wise. Um, most of the time, we can barely hear what you're saying. Sometimes, when you lean forward, it sounds like it may be coming a little clearer. So, I'm not sure where the microphone's at or which mic you're using, but I just wanted to make you aware that in case there was any adjustment you can do on your end. Um, I don't know why that we're in that fluctuation, but um, but uh, Jason, yeah, I agree with both of these guys. Just you know, you can let the guy out. The other aspect of it, too, is like the busted crash a little bit. But, we got a mute, Darren. I'm getting feedback. Okay. All right. Uh, but uh, we got uh, just a few seconds here left. So sorry, Jason, to cut you off. But look, after the commercial break, uh, we will go right back to you, Jason. So guys, stick with us. We got some good stuff coming up. We'll be right back. All right, guys, we're going to be talking about Gauls at Gauls.com slash Leo. Hopefully, Captain Breck can help me out with this one. And look, you guys know about Gauls, right? I mean, the country's leading uniform, clothing, equipment, and gear provider for law enforcement. And they have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty belts and tactical gear. And as Captain Brett Bartlett always says, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for uh, guns and ammunition. So, Captain, what's going on at Gauls this week? The sale is continuing for Memorial Day, 15% off everything on the site. Free shipping on anything over 100 bucks, And with 15% off, you're going to get to 100 bucks pretty quickly because you're going to want to buy a bunch of stuff. And if they don't have it, you don't need it. Do, you think, do they include Army people in on that, on that sale, Brett? You they, think? I talked to them about that. They said they would. Even uh, NYPD people, they've let them in <laughs> on a kind of continuous stop. All right. Well, great. Hey, and a great uniform program as well, guys. So, Gauls.com slash Leo. We got some good um, stuff coming up from them. Some giveaways, too. Gauls.com slash Leo. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So, how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby. Meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays, find plans that your doctors accept, and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, mymedicare.live. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. Um, so uh, Jason, I'm sorry to cut you off before, but did you uh, did you want to wrap up that last video for us? Oh, the last shot he did, the bus driver? Yeah. Uh, come yeah. on, he was just kind of like, uh, let's do a quick shoot over here. I don't know about that one. I, so, I yeah, think that's... it, you know, I think he kind of got, he just seemed kind of, didn't he seem like a unusually kind of cool, calm and collected during that? I mean, he was just, just like, you know, uh, yeah, I just, he seemed yeah, like he, this was his first rodeo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's probably I, thinking, well, this is it for me. What's one more little shot? It's on video. What the heck? Yeah. I'm out of a, I'm out of a job. You know, I, you know, 
my book is going to be too short. Every time I fire an extra shot, it's like at least another chapter I can add, you know, so maybe, maybe you're on to something, Brett. They probably won't even let me take the bus back to the office to quit. I, you know, I wonder how that, I wonder how that went down. There may be a video of that maybe we'll throw that in next week. But, uh, so of course, before we cover our next story with the video component, I know, uh, Brett has, uh, for you guys who don't know, he trains and, uh, does a lot of Leos in the Tampa Bay area, Exember defense solutions at exemberdefense.com. Uh, Jason, uh, could you just mention your, and I'm going to get uh, Darren to go in a second, but, uh, I know you've got the protectors podcast. How can people, um, check you out and find out what you've got going on? <clears throat> Let me get my podcast voice going here the protectors podcast is streaming on all major podcast platforms so yeah everywhere you want to see a podcast or listen to a podcast or anything else like that spotify you can see it hey uh check it out protectors podcast the one and only real truly unique protectors podcast thank you and and their website is uh protectors.us Ah, I like that. I like that. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I've actually been a guest on Jason's uh, uh, show and, and it was a great experience. And, uh, you know, he treated me, he treated, let me just say, he treated me better than what Brett, Brett treats me and Brett and I were partners for many years. So, so if I ever, you know, if I ever want to get treated well, I just call Jason up. He at least talks to me with that podcast voice. Maybe he'll invite me you on the show. It's a great experience. welcome on the show, Brett and Darren and, and Chip. I don't well, know, Chip. Jeff- I think Brett and Darren are welcome on the show. Chip, I don't know. That last <laughs> appearance was a little, uh, little shaky. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Chip, <laughs> oh. you remember, remember when I saved you from the pole dancer lifestyle? Does that mean nothing? Does that mean nothing? You did. I don't, okay. I don't know how much I could have, how much money I could have made in that lifestyle, Brett. I mean, you were thinking I would do better than I thought that I could do. So no, my, they, my they, self-esteem. They turned the lights on, everybody wanted their dollar back. So I don't think you were doing well. Well, we, we, we do know that they had the lights dim for a reason. And I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, uh, Dr. Jason Porcher. So um, if people want to check you out, how can they, how can they uh, find out what you have going on? Well, I do a lot of Fox News, the cable channel. Yeah, your well. your uh, your mic is all garbled, um, so I can't. Yeah, I can't hear Trike. Hear Trike. Okay, is this any better? It is, sorry, it is not. It is, it is not. Oh, it's, you can't hear me. No, I it just no, garbles. Sounds, like sounds, like sounds like a robot. Sounds like a robot. And, yeah. and you've okay, taken the headphones off, off, and I'm getting reverb now. So, guys, we'll let him. We'll let him work on that. And. We'll go on to our next story then. So let's see here. Apologize to listeners here, but look, our next story's got a video component. So back at Rumble.com. I need you to mute your microphone, Karen. Because it's killing. It's uh, Thank you. Okay, so guys, we're back on Rumble.com. This is Butter. So suicidal woman with a knife faces charges after being shot by Fort Worth police officers. After a short delay... Bellagon, open the door. Hello. Do you need a second? What's going on? Ma'am, stop. Talk to me. Stop it. Talk to me. Stop it. Talk to me. You need to do that. Ma'am, she has a knife. Drop the knife! Do it now! No, I don't want to shoot you! Shoot you, 
So Fort Worth police officer shot a suicidal woman wielding a knife on Monday. Police say that the officer perceived a deadly threat. So Fort Worth police said that officers are dispatched at approximately 1131 in the evening. It's on a Monday. They're going to an apartment. The caller is a 20-year-old named Caitlin Bolligan, and she told dispatchers that she was bleeding out and trying to kill herself. So the female uh, first responder, so yes, we have a female first responder. We have another female that was the caller. So the female police officer shows up, makes contact with the caller at her door. And during their interaction, the 20-year-old picks up a knife from the floor. So this is the the 20-year-old caller. And uh, so the cop, female cop is there watching this. So the officer retreats and backs into the balcony railing as our we're going to call her our bad girl, Balligan. She advances towards the door threshold, and she still has this knife in her hand. So she repeatedly begs the officer to shoot her, though. And remember, there's a video component to this. So the officer did not have room to retreat any further, perceived a deadly threat and uh, during the interaction, and she ends up uh, shooting the woman and, of all places, hits her in the hip. So the officer rushes into the apartment, renders aid. Uh, the, the second officer arrives moments later. Medics take her our bad girl Balligan to a hospital. She ends up being in stable condition. She's discharged hours later to the same day. And uh, the woman was arrested on charge of ag assault against a public servant. So that's the way that went down. Probably could have been much worse. Um, your thoughts on it, guys? Anybody? Captain Brett? You know, uh, when she started moving towards the door, uh, she knew she was going to get shot. Her her body language, she put her, she brought her hands in, her arms in, in a, in a, in a kind of a, protection pose she's not like a typical nutcase where the, the knife is up and she's swinging out she knew she was going to get caught moving slowly towards the door her hands uh, were around her waistline she knew the bullet was coming it's very sad i'm just glad she's alive and the policeman's alive yeah i mean obviously either um, drugs or some mental issues going on here so it's an unfortunate situation so um guys if there's no more commentary on that we've got about four and a half minutes so we'll move on to our next topic then so uh, moving along, uh, we've got an update. Now, look, here we're talking about, this is on Fox News, lawofficer.com, leofairs.com. We have cops suspended, fired, charged, acquitted, and sued. So our first story, we got, uh, I guess, uh, Indianola, Mississippi police officer suspended without pay after shooting an 11-year-old, uh, Adrian Murray. So we got a Mississippi, Mississippi police officer uh, who ended up uh, being accused of shooting an unarmed 11-year-old child who called police uh, for assistance into a domestic disturbance, and this cop has been suspended without pay. So the action taken against Sergeant Greg Capers of the Indianola Police Department, it comes as the investigation. It's ongoing still, um, and it uh, I guess what they released so far is that last weekend this happened at the home of Adrian Murray, and this is the family attorney's giving out this information. His name is Carlos Moore, and this is all in the Associated Press. So the mother said that police responded to the residents in the city around four o'clock in the morning on Saturday after the father of one of her other children shows up, knocks on a window and appears to be irate. So Moore told the AP that the two police officers that responded that one kicks in the front door before Nikayla Berry opened it and that she told them that the intruder had left the area, but three children were inside. So Moore said that Nikayla Murray told them that Sergeant Capers yelled into the home, said that anyone inside should come out with their hands up. Then Moore said that, uh, Adrian uh, walked into the living room with nothing in his hands and that Sergeant Caper shot him in the chest. So definitely 
Definitely not cool. The child spent five days in the local hospital for treatment for a collapsed lung, lacerated liver, fractured ribs before being discharged on Wednesday. Now, look, this is all the information we have, and obviously it's coming from a household member. So um, so this information is not vetted. It's just one side of the story. Uh, Jason. Uh, Regardless of the side of the story, we could always use more training, regardless of your rank. You could be a sergeant, lieutenant, captain, or anything. Unfortunately, a lot of the smaller departments don't have access to training. That is one thing we need to be able to get out there. We need to get funding out there for the smaller departments. It's great to say, hey, you know what? I come from the feds. Darren comes from NYPD. We have a ton of money for training. Um, it gets cut. That's the first thing that gets cut, though. And can you imagine you're in a small department, 13, 14, 15, 20 people, and you're trying to get adequate training? So that is that's one thing we really need to work on is training. So if situations like this do happen, and we don't know the whole story about this, but it gives you that next upward mobility of maybe this doesn't happen. And there are so many organizations and so many people out there willing to give training to LEOs out there. So if you're a small department, reach out, try to find out something. It's actually great advice. Wow, we see that. Uh, Dr. Darren. You know, I agree with what Jason is saying uh, in that when we have these smaller departments, they're less apt to have the resources to train their officers. But at the same token, as you mentioned in the top, at the top of this chip, this is the side that we're hearing from the attorney that represents the family. So I just think that as it stands right now, we're somewhat in a, in a place where we don't understand what happened. Many times I've been involved in these situations and the story that gets out first is not the accurate story. I'm interested in hearing from the officers that responded as the would in fact did occur, because it, it sounds a little outlandish to me when I first heard the story that the kid gets shot, he doesn't have a weapon, especially being a small kid. So I begs the question of, what is the comprehensive narrative? And then when we have the comprehensive narrative, then we can speak to a more astute position as to what tactics were reasonably employed and how was this? How was the shot discharged? Because remember, my understanding, I believe the assailant was still at the residence. So it really presents a, con, uh, a point of contention as to if he's moving around or not. All right. Hey, thank you, guys. Uh, we got another commercial break coming up. Uh, uh, Darren, I'll tell you what, um, the mic, I still got those mic issues. So let's go ahead and um, I'll, uh, I'll excuse you from the rest of the show. If that's okay, we'll work after the show on getting the mic issue fixed. Um, my, uh, my guy working the board just can't make it work for the, for the live radio anyhow. Let's take a commercial break and we'll be right back. All right, guys, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. Gunlearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning. They've actually made it easy. Gunlearn.com is the first and it's the only company that offer a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist. Believe it or not, like Captain Brett Bartlett here. So they provide citations for federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy. And their training is approved by major friends of organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. You can start the day with online training or you can attend a live seminar and you can actually get free training for yourself and all the personnel of your agency by hosting a seminar at absolutely no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. You'll be glad you did. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. Uh, yeah, Jason, you brought up a great point. I know there's some smaller agencies. They kind of... Uh, 
you know, typically team up with a larger agency or maybe that sheriff's office in that area to maybe get additional training. But uh, and a lot of these things we cover on the show, they want to throw cops in front of a criminal court when it's really a training issue. And, and I, I just I hate to see that done because they only you're only as good as your as the training you receive for this job. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to toot my own horn but or give any promotion out right now. But one thing I did do is I started a nonprofit over the past few months. I'm getting off the ground called the Protectors Foundation. And that's what we're going to do. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to try to hit these big corporations up and say, hey, you know what? Let's fund these small departments for training for and not just shooting, TAC med, uh, stress training, anything. But it's not going to be like a touchy feely type thing. It's going to be like, OK, you're a small department. You have a need. We're going to get you the need. We're going to get you true training. So that's kind of the other things, because they're just not getting it from the feds. They're not getting it from the government. Yeah, I mean, especially on this high liability stuff. I mean, you know, we know what those areas are, but uh, it just it just it's just kind of scary. And we just we really we just we hate we you we genuinely hate to see cops get jammed up, especially when it's not their fault. I agree. I think it's a great idea. Captain, I think a lot of a lot of this is going to change when an agency finally get sued let's say they did they discipline the officer or they fire the officer there unless some attorneys and we need to have this trend start digging into the training records right and get hired by this officer these officers need to prove or bring a case to court that we're not getting enough training okay we're not getting what the supreme court says we're supposed to have we're getting this very very minimum stuff and and that, and that needs to come out once an agency one agency gets hammered for that monetarily other agencies might finally decide to cut loose the purse strings and get over this well we need to fill zones mentality we don't have time to train and and somebody's got to suffer an agency is going to have to suffer a monetary loss because it did not properly train the officers you know one of my friends brought up a great point too about courtroom training we do all this training out in the field but as soon as you put someone on a stand and they lose their case because they've never, you know, the worth. I dreaded it for years getting up on a stand. But when you finally do it and you get some training and you're like, hey, you know what? This is good to go. They got to also train the whole job, not just the pistol. You got it. Not just the firearms tools, but the whole I, thing, yeah, including I writing yeah. a report. Yeah. And Jason, the hard part was this going to the chief and said, chief, we need more training time. And the chief would yeah. go, listen, how often are you going to shoot a gun versus how many times you're going to go to court? Right. Well, you got me there, chief. And, and I, Jason, I heard this before from a chief's mouth. It's the cost of doing business. And that's when my that's, heart, that's when my scary. heart broke, broke my heart right there. And reports. A case is going to get thrown out. You get a crappy report. You got guys, that, guys and girls out there who can't write at a at a 12th grade level. And they're not trying to learn. They're like, ah, Sarge will take care of it. Ah, LT will take care of it. You got to learn. You got to put in the time, not just at the range. Don't have okay, time. I'm off my soapbox. I'm off my soapbox. Don't have time. We got to fill zones. Got to fill zones. Yeah. Can't take cops off the street. Got to fill zones. Cost of doing business. Yeah. How many times have we heard that? So we've got a Florida deputy charged with a crime after deploying a taser on a man at a gas station, setting him ablaze. So this is one, a story that we actually covered way back when, Osceola County in Florida. So this deputy and uh, has been charged with culpable negligence after finding his taser at a man pumping gas, igniting a fireball that burned nearly three quarters of his body, according to authorities. Now, look, don't feel too sorry for this guy because uh, he was definitely a bad guy. He'd been, he'd been, he'd been, Cops have been chasing him around forever. So the, the deputy, David Crawford, was charged with a crime on Thursday due to actions captured on video at a Wawa gas station in Orange County. This happened back February 27th of 2022. 
Um, so a little over a year ago, and this is in the Orlando Sentinel. So Gene Barreto uh, Barga was uh, followed after fleeing from deputies, responding to a group of uh, motorcyclists riding recklessly. Uh, body cam video showed Deputy Crawford tackling Barga and shouting at deputies to turn off the gas pump after another deputy, who was Christopher, Christopher Kaufmanis, used his taser on the man. So Berga suffered burns on nearly three-quarters of his body, but still survived, amazingly, when they took him away. I saw the skin falling off. I was surprised to hear that. Fire marshal investigation determined that Deputy Crawford's taser caused the blaze that severely injured the motorcyclist. Uh, Sheriff Marcos uh, Lopez said the suspect had run red lights. He rode on the sidewalk and grass, headed towards oncoming traffic before pointing to the gas station, according to the Fox 35. Deputy Crawford, according to the sheriff, recklessly deployed a taser at the victim who had become soaked in gasoline as a result, causing the explosion that injured the victim. And that was uh, State Attorney Monique uh, Wallace said, according to the news outlet. So Deputy Crawford um, was also injured in the encounter. He's on administrative leave, according to the New York Post. And Deputy Crawford reportedly received a 40-hour suspension without pay for deploying the taser in those conditions, but he's not facing criminal charges. So, and, and again, we just talked about the training aspect of this and not facing criminal charges. So I, I don't have an issue with that. I think that it was a, uh, uh, you know, I'm okay with that, with what, with what their discipline was. Um, commentary on that, guys, anybody? Well, there was one part, if I read this correctly, where the, the same deputy is yelling, kill the pump, kill the pump, there's gas. I mean, if that's true, that's going to be a pretty damning statement when it comes to his discipline uh, process. I, you know, I can see where you're going with that, Brett. You could be right on that. I don't have anything smart to say. All I know is electric, gas, spark, no bueno. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Now that was pretty. That was pretty good. Okay. All right. So moving along, we've got what three minutes here. So let's see what we've got uh, in the pike here. I've got another video. We've got uh, Rumble.com. This is Butter, our favorite channel. Body cam shows a driver in Loudoun County accidentally drives onto and launches off of a tow truck bed. Guys, I read the headline. I'm thinking, how really how captivating could this possibly be, right? And I saw the video, and I was like, wow. And guess what I did? The first thing I did, I watched it again <laughs> and again. It was like crazy. So, so what looks like a distracted driver and his passengers are recovering after police officer body cam shows the driver's car literally driving onto and launching off of a responding tow truck's bed. The tow truck's bed had been lowered, right, so the vehicle could get up on it. The tow truck and police officers were responding to a prior accident in Valdosta, Georgia. And it says, as the video shows, it appears to be a nearby Georgia highway showing multiple police officers, their cars, and emergency vehicles uh, responding to a prior accident. So the officer, um, officer's camera scene, um, well, the officer seen walking back to his vehicle when he sees a car approaching. This is all in video. He drives on to and launches off of a tow truck. The lower bed. The car flies into the air, lands on its side, appears to pivot and flip uh, front first before crashing uh, to a stop. Wow, we've got two minutes, but what a video, Jason! What do you think about that? I, you know, you can't make it up. What? Okay, you guys have been on the road. You know, you know what it's like. I mean, it seems I haven't fed. You know, eh. But our cars, like, is it like a magnet where it's like either they're coming towards a cop car? And now, I mean, obviously, if you see this ramp, it's like you can't make it up. I mean, seriously, that you have to watch this video, watch it two or three times. 
I thought I thought it was an episode of Dukes of Hazard. I'm going, there's just no way this is real. Yes. I'm expecting Boss Hogg to step onto camera. And it looks like the car as it's in the air is is chasing another car that's going down the interstate. I don't know if it actually hit it or not, but can you imagine looking over your left shoulder and 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 just seeing that, you know, right before you slam into the car? Yeah. This guy must be like a magnet, you know, I just, I just, just to see that happen. I mean, just to have the perfect, I mean, to have the, what are the odds of having the video going and catching all this and just, yeah, it was good quality video too. Wow. So, well, at least, at least these guys, you know, with, without, it makes our job easier because it gives us more material to cover. You know, when we first started the show, Brett remembers, you know, we had dash cams were out, body cams were just starting and we did not have a lot of stories with video components today. We're turning. We, there's so many table stories we have to leave on the table. We just don't have time to cover that video components, you know. And, and so it is like a smorgasbord. We could easily, easily do two hours, and I believe three hours a day, uh, five days a week uh, with the show. Uh, we just, just no, yeah, no shortage of content, you know. So, and uh, and hey, the talent is unbelievable. I mean, right? I mean, just get a mirror out. Look at your look at yourselves in the mirror, guys. You'll see what I'm talking about. I know. Yeah, YouTube, right? Yeah. So I appreciate it. And look, uh, I know we got um, 30 seconds uh, left here, but um, and I'm going to give five seconds to Jimmy at the very end of the show. But we got that prosecutor that's not being charged. I don't know how you guys feel about that. But the Justice Department, Merrick Garland decided not to pursue charges against uh, U.S. Attorney Rachel Rollins. She resigned from office. And uh, that's a whole nother whole nother mess you're not going to get into. So, Brett, I read that deposition. She is guilty as the day is long, buddy. And I don't know why they're not charging her. All right. Let's just say allegedly just for our attorneys. Okay. <laughs> Great show guys. And, uh, Hey, uh, thanks for, for being on the show, Brett and Jason. Uh, and look, I usually take this time to talk about, uh, the wounded blue, the wounded blue.org Lieutenant Randy Sutton from Las Vegas Metro police department could not be on the show today. Uh, but he's got a, a, a great thing going with the wounded blue helping cops out that are in a world of, world of hurt and they suffer from PTSD or maybe a medical issues. The agency's not covering for them. And uh, maybe they just don't get offered a disability retirement out. So the wind blue, the wind blue.org. And also uh, Dr. Jason Piccolo, the protectors podcast. You guys need to check him out. And he's got that cool podcast voice too. You know, I'm sure it's the equipment, you know, I mean, I like it's to hear that voice without the, the equipment. equipment block. <laughs> see, you see what I'm talking about? Hey, uh, I'm giving Jimmy five seconds, but uh, Motion DSP, GoalsGoLearn.com, my Medicare.live and Bang Energy. Thanks for the fuel. Also, Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media. Uh, thanks for lending us your listeners. 